Welcome to Yes You, a podcast for women to imagine, explore, and step right on into a new paradigm of life and leadership. I'm Annie Carter, a conscious business owner, yoga practitioner, and a big believer that this world needs all women to show up just as we are. This world needs you. Yes, you. Are you in? Let's do this. Well, hello there, and welcome to the very first episode of Yes You. I'm Annie Carter. I am your host, and I am stoked to be here with you. This is really exciting, and if I'm honest, a little bit surreal. I'm just sitting here by myself with a microphone. So it feels a little bit strange, but I'm trusting that at some point you will be on the other side of this listening. And so it is great to be here with you in this way. I want to begin by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land on which I am sitting right now, the land on which I was born and have lived and worked most of my life, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations. And I want to pay my respect to their elders, past, present and emerging. And that, the paying of respect, is something that's really been kind of something I've been grappling with for a while now of what does it mean to actually pay respect to the traditional owners of this land, the first people of this country. For me, it feels like it's good to say I acknowledge the traditional owners and I pay my respect. But for me, I've been thinking about, well, I want to actually live that out more. I want to, I guess, really operate from a place of real integrity. So I've been exploring how can I in my life live a life that acknowledges the traditional owners of the land and live a life that pays respect to them, to their culture, to their history, to what they have suffered in terms of colonisation, genocide, dispossession at the hands of my ancestors and to honour and celebrate the endurance, the resilience, joy and story. There is so much to know, so much to learn, so much to respect And that's something that I am committed to finding more and more ways to do in my own life. So one of the ways that I've decided that I want to do that is just by learning more and more about the culture and the people, the Wurundjeri people specifically, and Indigenous Australians more broadly. And so I've decided that for this podcast, Every episode, I am going to share something that I have learned about the First Peoples of this country, probably mostly about Wurundjeri people because that's the land where I'm living. But yeah, so I'm just going to share a little something with you, partly so that it's a, a discipline for me to continue to learn, to continue to understand more. And maybe also it will inspire you to learn something about the traditional owners of the land where you you are living, working, doing your thing. So to start with, I'm going to teach you the word for hello or welcome. This is a Woiwurrung word, Woiwurrung being a language that's spoken by Wurundjeri people and some other groups. Uh, and that word is Womanjeka. So Womanjeka. Welcome. Hello. Very great to have you here. I want to start this podcast by talking about something that has been life-changing for me. 
and game-changing for a lot of women, a lot of people that I have shared with, talked to, explored this stuff with. And that is the power of cycles. So the standard paradigm of our white-centred patriarchal capitalist society is linear. It's all about kind of going forward and going up. It's about climbing ladders. you got to do more, be more, get more. If you're not growing, then you're dying. We are set to compete against each other. It's kind of me against the world. And then even if we're not competing against each other, we're supposed to be competing against ourselves. I'm meant to be better than I was last week, stronger, smarter, have more, do more. And this pressure that we've kind of collectively created is just this go, 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 don't stop, got to keep pushing where we have to be smarter, faster, stronger, richer, happier, more spiritual, more productive than we were yesterday. And even just rattling all that off, I feel exhausted. If we stop for a second and we look around us and we look at nature, we will find that nature actually operates really differently than that. Nature is not go, 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 go all the time, always growing, always driving forward. Nature does something different. Nature operates in seasons and cycles. There's life and there's death. There is time of shining and brightness and there is time of darkness. There is growth and there is dormancy. There's activity, there's rest. You look at the sea, there's high tide and there's low tide. There is something in this for us. I think that in so many ways, we've actually become that disconnected from the natural world. We think of ourselves as separate to nature. We go, like, I want to be out in nature without realizing that actually we are nature. We are part of the natural world. And so it would make sense that we also are cyclical, that we also have seasons. And honestly, For me, getting in touch with that and starting to align my life around this idea of seasons and cycles within me, in my nature, has, yeah, as I said, it's been a game changer. It's changed the way that I work. It's changed the way I socialize. It's changed the way I exercise. It's changed the way I eat. It's changed the way I rest. So, yeah, it's changed a lot. So, I... I'm really excited to be sharing this with you and I thought that I would just tell you a bit of a story of how I got to the point of diving into this more. So I'm going to take you way back to me as a teenager. I got my period for the first time when I was I think 11, maybe 10, so quite young and I had really bad period pain. I feel like I can remember so many times during my teenage years of having to go to sick bay on the first day of my period and quite often even having to go home or take a day off of school because the period pain was that bad, the cramping. And so when I was about 15, I went to the doctor and the doctor put me on the pill. I didn't ask any questions. I just was like, okay, will it take away the pain? Yes. Great. 
okay, let's do it. I don't remember the doctor kind of telling me about many different options or anything. It was just pretty standard. Here you go. This is what you need to do. And so I went on the pill and the period pain went away. Great. Another thing that I have always had challenges with or for a lot of my life has been headaches. I used to get really intense migraines quite regularly and they would last for quite a while and sometimes they would wipe me out for days at a time. And when I was about 21, I was getting them a lot and they were really no good. And I hadn't found anything that would make a difference to them. And I thought, you know, I wonder if it's the pill. And so I decided to do a little test and go off the pill and just see what happened to these headaches. So I went off the pill, the headaches actually continued, but my period stopped. And after about three months of no period and doing tests and I wasn't pregnant, but went to my doctor and I said, I haven't got a period. And the doctor said, oh yes, that's just your body sorting itself out after you've been on the pill for a while, that can happen. Don't worry. It's all normal. It'll come back. No problem. So off I went, okay, sure. After six months of no period, I went back to the doctor again and said, it's now been six months, no period. And the doctor said the same thing. Don't worry, very normal. It can take time. Just go home. Don't worry. So I went home and after 10 months, I still hadn't had a period. And I went to the doctor And the doctor actually, my normal doctor was not there that day. There was a locum doctor there. And I said to them, it's been 10 months since I had a period. And this doctor was like, hmm, that doesn't sound great. Why don't we run some tests? And so he sent me off to do some blood tests. And then a couple of days later, I got one of those calls that you don't want to get where the doctor's receptionist or secretary calls and says, the doctor wants you to come in they need to talk to you. So I was like, okay, well, I wonder what's going on and went on into this appointment and sat down and the doctor said, we've got the results back from your blood test. And it turns out you have a brain tumor. And I (laughs) was, well, as you, you can imagine, kind of reeling the words brain tumor, just sort of echoing around the room, bouncing around my head and also going, how on earth could you have worked out that I have a brain tumor from a blood test? Like, how does that work? Turns out that I had a particular hormone, prolactin, that was just being produced in my body in ridiculously high quantities. So, Uh, I think it was like more than 20 times what it normally would be. And so the doctor said that basically your body couldn't produce that much prolactin without a growth on your pituitary gland, the gland that um, produces that hormone. So basically then it becomes a bit of a cycle where your prolactin is super high and so the tumour keeps growing And then the tumour, because the tumour is so big, it produces lots and lots of the hormone. And so it just kind of keeps going like that. So anyway, I ended up going to an endocrinologist, a hormone specialist, and they put me onto some medication. And the idea of the medication was just to suppress the production of prolactin and that that would kind of force the tumour to shrink. So I was relieved that I didn't have to go for brain surgery and 
didn't really ask any questions. I mean, I, I must have asked some questions, but basically when they were like, here you go, medication, I was like, great, medication rather than brain surgery sounds good to me. And so I went on to this medication that was to reduce the production of prolactin and it worked and it actually did start to shrink the tumour. And the idea was that the tumour would shrink, shrink, shrink and just go away and we were doing MRIs to, to check its size. But it did shrink, 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 but it didn't go away. And so ultimately got to a point where the doctor said, oh, this one's quite stubborn, but it's not causing, like it wasn't causing me any other issues And we'd gotten it down to the point where I had started to bleed again, had my period again. And so the doctor said, look, I think you're probably just going to be on this medication for the rest of your life. I just kind of accepted that that would be the way things were. And to be honest, was pretty grateful. I've actually known a couple of people who have had brain tumours and have died as a result of them. And so I have always had a real sense of like, gosh, if you're going to have a brain tumour, I've kind of got the one, <laughs> like I've got the best best kind that you could have. And yeah, like I said, it didn't really affect my life day to day to the point that like friends and family would sort of every now and then over years be like, oh yeah, how's that? How's your brain tumour? And they'd feel terrible thinking, oh my gosh, you know, I forgot that you even had a brain tumour. But that was sort of how low key it was in my life when it was under control with the medication. It was just do an MRI every six months or year or whatever it was, do some blood tests and, and it was just relatively manageable. A few times over the years, I tried to get off the medication when it looked like everything was kind of fairly well under control. I guess I just sort of continued to have this drive towards not being on medication. And I was like, if I could, if I could not take it, I would rather not take it. And so I tried a few times and basically every time I went off the medication, my period stopped and that would indicate that the prolactin had kicked off again. And then it would sometimes be a bit of a thing to try and get the prolactin back down again. So it wouldn't just be a matter of going back on the medication as I had been, but we'd have to sort of take more. And yeah, so it was, you know, something sort of had to manage over time. And after several attempts of trying to go off the medication, I guess probably did just go, okay, look, I'm just going to be on it and that's how it is. And that's going to have to be okay. So just lived with it. So fast forward some more years and like about, I don't know, probably when I was around about 35, 36, 37, I started feeling like a strange kind of sense of disconnection from my body. It was like like my body wasn't really doing what it used to do. I felt like when it came to things like food and exercise, my metabolism, stuff like that. My body just wasn't really kind of responding in the same way. I'd, if I, I'd sort of do put the same inputs, like do the same things and my body wouldn't react in the way that it always had. And it just sort of started to create this real sense for me of like, I don't really know my body in the same way that I used to. I used to know what it needed. I used to know what I would need to do to get a particular result. And that seemed to have slipped away. And so I spent quite a while, several months, really just feeling this like, oh, like I'm just a bit, like kind of almost like disembodied, a bit, a sense of disconnection. It wasn't fun. I didn't like it. And I remember I was talking to a friend one day and I was talking to her about it. And I was like, you know, 
I guess it's just that I'm getting older, but I just feel this sort of sense of disconnection from my body. And as I was saying it, I just realized I had been, it's like I'd been running this script over and over in my head for months. I'm disconnected from my body. My body doesn't do what it used to do. I don't like the way my body's reacting. And it was like when I heard myself saying it to my friend and saying it out loud, it's like I suddenly was sick of hearing it. <laughs> like I recognised that story, heard it many times over the last however many, many months. And almost like maybe I looked into the future and I was like, is this the story I'm going to be telling for the rest of my life? My body isn't what it used to be when I was 25. <laughs> and just thought, you know what? I actually need to change that script. Something has got to shift here. And so right then, I literally just decided I'm not going to tell that story anymore. I'm actually going to start to create a new story, write a new script. And that script and that story is going to be, I am building a loving connection with my body. I am cultivating connection with my body as my body is right now. I'm getting to know my body Around that same time, I had also started reading and learning more about menstrual cycle and different phases of the menstrual cycle. And uh, particularly at that time was reading Woman Code by Alyssa Vitti, which I would highly recommend and can pop into the notes for this episode. So I was starting to learn about the fact that a menstrual cycle has these different phases. And I was also starting to observe that in my body as I started to pay attention to what my body was doing rather than just kind of what it's not doing that it used to be able to do I started to see patterns I started to notice that this week my body feels like this my energy is like this and then next week you know my energy is like that my brain seems to be working in this particular way or my stress levels are like this or, you know, just noticing different things that would sort of change week to week. And it was very much like what this, I guess, this intention that I had set of getting to know my body. Once I started paying attention and observing as though I could learn from my body, that my body might actually know something, have this wisdom that I could learn from. It was such a shift from this sense of like, I know what's good for my body and my body's just not getting on board. It was a a massive shift. And probably the biggest thing was just learning that I'm not the same every day and that that's normal and that that's okay. And so, yeah, I started trying to trust my body's innate wisdom and to follow rather than to try to force or guide or lead my body. And so I made some really small changes at those time at that time that was it was really centered on a little bit of a change to the way I was eating, a bit of a change to the way I was exercising and to the way that I was resting, really. And honestly, really small changes that were partly just following the cues I was getting internally from my body and partly applying some of the the knowledge that I was learning through Woman Code and through uh, other people that I had, you know, started asking and, and finding out more about the whole menstrual cycle thing. And I actually saw such huge changes in proportion to the actions that I'd taken. So, 
I used to get uh, a headache every, like premenstrually in the days leading up to my period, I would always have a headache. And I, at that time I was also getting quite strong cramps again. And like literally the first month that I made just the tiniest little changes, I didn't get a headache and I didn't get any cramps. And I was like, what? And I just thought it must be a coincidence. Surely those tiny little adjustments I'd made in my life couldn't have such a big impact. But for the next several months, same deal, just no period pain, no headache. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like what magic have I come across? This is just unbelievable. And it just spurred me on to learn more and to dive deeper. And it made me fascinated with this amazing body of mine. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's it's not just like this formulaic, like put this in and it will do this, but actually this body has like a wisdom of its own. It has a knowing and there's so much that I have just ignored over all these years or have overridden with medication. <laughs> and it was just like a, you know, some kind of awakening really to start to pay attention and to listen. And I actually started getting excited about my cycle and even looking forward to my period. And I know that if you are not there, <laughs> that can just sound ridiculous, but we're going to explore more of this. I'm going to chat through more of the detail of what I, the changes that I made and all of that in, in the next, um, however many episodes, but yeah, it was pretty major, pretty exciting, really, to the point that I did actually write a poem <laughs> about my period. So that's the level of change that uh, was happening for me. <laughs> so then jump forward a couple of years, two or three years more, and I was relocating the studio so Eve Studio, my beautiful business, which I'm sure I'll share lots more about in uh, upcoming podcast episodes, but we had outgrown the space that we were in. And so we were relocating to a new space. And so over a few months, we were fitting out the new space and it was a massive, massive project, lots going on. There was quite a few quite stressful things that happened within that. My partner had a, an accident in the middle of it, which was pretty scary and awful. It turns out he's okay now, so that's good. But in the midst of all of that, I basically forgot, ran out of my brain tumour medication and then just kind of forgot to get more. And so I ended up going for a few months without taking the medication. Now, normally, if I didn't take medication for a few weeks – then I just wouldn't get my period. And then that would be the cue straight away. Okay, you've been really slack. That's not cool. Get back onto the medication. And um, that would be it. But in this situation, I actually was still getting my period. And so I guess that kind of let me just get more and more slack with it, just kind of going, oh, well, I guess I don't need to rush to the chemist. We're okay. But after three months, I thought, okay, I probably need to do something about this. And so I called my endocrinologist and I said, look, I have a confession to make. I haven't been taking the medication. I've just been super busy and super distracted. And what should we do? Can you give me a new prescription? And she was like, well, that's interesting that you've still got your period. She's like, why don't we do a blood test? Because we might learn something because we've never done this before. Had you off for three months at a time. 
uh, and then we'll get you straight back onto the medication. And so I was like, okay, no probs. So I went and did a blood test and then she called me and she's like, this is really strange, but your prolactin levels are normal. So why don't we just go for another three months? Obviously, if you don't get your period one month, then let me know and we'll get you straight back onto the medication. But let's just see what happens and we'll do another blood test in another three months. And so we did. So I didn't take any medication, still got my period. And after that next three months, did a blood test. She calls me again. She's like, the levels are normal again. Let's go for six months and see what happens. And so we did that, (laughs) went for six months, continued to get my period. And at the end of the six months, did a blood test. And she called me and she said, I don't know why this is happening. This is not very usual. She's like, but I think you don't need me anymore. So I'm going to kind of close your file and call me if you need me and see you later. (laughs) And so I have since then, it's been three years. Yeah. So it's been three years since I was on any medication and I'm continuing to menstruate and I haven't actually done an MRI to see how big the tumour is, if it's there at all. And partly I'm intrigued and kind of wouldn't mind doing that, but in another way think, well, you know, you don't need to go doing extra MRIs in your life, really, do you? So look, I am not making some grand claim of I healed myself and here's the 10-step program for how you can heal yourself too. Definitely not doing that. Please don't sue me on my first episode ever. (laughs) But what I am saying is that I know that when I started to pay attention to my cycle and I started to make some little adjustments in my life and more and more adjustments over time, that I've seen benefits in my body. I have definitely seen my experience of of my period has become a lot more positive, a lot less painful, uh, a lot more pleasant, really. And other aspects of my life, I feel like my stress levels are lower, my energy is more consistent and... I think it's possible that all of that has also had an impact on the production of prolactin in my body. Who knows? Maybe one day it'll kick off again and maybe I'll end up back on medication for it again. I'm not saying that that will never happen and I'm not opposed to going on medication if need be. But I guess this new way of living, this new way of uh, listening inward rather than always just outward has got me to the point where I, if, if my prolactin did kick off again, I'd want to ask some questions. I, I feel like I'd want to explore some clues that my body might be offering how, what, about how what I've been eating, how I've been living, how I've been feeling. Maybe there might be something there for me to learn rather than just kind of don't inquire, don't ask any questions straight on the medication and that's all there is to it. I know that I've, there's been benefits that have come to my body, to my physical experience, to my mental well-being through living in this way. And honestly, with all of those benefits, and even if you put on top of that, like got rid of a brain tumour, if we could claim that, whether or not we can, if we could, I would still say to you that the biggest benefit that I have found in my life by aligning around my cycle has been the loving connection that I've formed with my body, that I've shifted from that place of feeling disconnected 
and like my where my body and I are like not on the same team to a point where actually I am in awe of my body and I love this body and I see her as wise and like she has secrets to share with me if I'll listen and pay attention. And that is a way of living that really excites me and that actually can stand the test of time. As I head, I'm 43 years old, as I head towards into perimenopause, menopause, beyond, this is a way of living that will work for the rest of my life because it's not reliant on my body doing something that it did one day years ago. It's about an ongoing day-by-day, moment-by-moment relationship, me with myself. And that is really exciting to me. And I hope that it has piqued your interest as well, maybe sparked some curiosity about your own innate wisdom cycle within you and what you might learn by tuning in and paying attention. Over the next four episodes, we're going to look at the different four main phases of a menstrual cycle, also a moon cycle. So if you are not menstruating for whatever reason that might be, that's completely fine. There's still plenty that you can learn and we'll we'll talk about different phases because really at the heart of this, it's about recognizing that we are not the same day after day and that we're not supposed to be and honoring the fact that there are seasons within us and that we do ourselves a great service by going with those seasons rather than trying to fight against them or override them in any way. I've seen this play out in my life in so many ways and honestly I feel like I have such a greater sense of balance in general and in my work and as a business owner and a leader It has just been amazing to apply this approach in that area to schedule my work life based on my cycle. And it has changed the way that I lead. It's changed the way that I relate with my team, uh, my staff, what I expect of them. I've made some pretty key decisions around policy and the way that I operate my business because of my understanding around cycle. And I am really excited about that. And honestly, I believe it is the way of the future. So I will definitely be sharing more and yeah, hope that it can be a conversation. I want to hear from you as well about how you're engaging with cycle. And if you're a business uh, owner or in any kind of leadership capacity, Even if just within your group of friends, you're the first one to start wondering about this stuff and to start thinking and looking at how you can align your life around your cycle, then you're in a position there of pioneering something new and that's huge. So go you. I'd love to hear your reflections on my story, anything that you want to ask or anything that you would like to share. Please find me on Instagram, underscore Annie Carter or anniecarter.com.au, my website. Feel free to send me an email. I'd love to hear from you and I will look forward to chatting with you next time. Bye. Thank you for joining me. Head on over to my website, anniecarter.com.au, where you'll find some free resources to support you in your life and leadership. Please make sure that you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And I would really love your help in spreading the word about Yes You. So if you have friends who you think would enjoy it, please let them know. 
You could take a minute to write a review saying why you're loving it. And you could screenshot this episode and share it on your social media. Make sure you tag me on Instagram at underscore Annie Carter. Until next time, let me remind you that you, yes, you are awesome. And I'm so glad you're here. Sending you big love and I'll chat to you soon.